Hello and welcome to Z3 News. I'm James Bailey and today is Thursday, November 7th, 2019. The message I want to share today is one that I believe is the number one most important topic for every Christian to know about. But from my experience, I've found it's one of the most neglected topics among Christians as far as what's taught in churches. And I'm speaking from my own experience of having faithfully attended churches for about three decades. But yet, I reached a point back in 1993 where I had been a Christian at that time for 11 years. And I had never heard that it was possible for us to have encounters with the presence of God in a way that was tangible in our realm, where we would actually be able to sense and perceive and be aware of His presence with us, um, not just not just uh, blindly by faith, but actually perceiving it, actually sensing it with our senses. I'd never heard of anything like that, and I was attending what I thought were very good churches. These were what we call spirit-filled churches, charismatic churches that believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But yet, we were so dry. It was not just me, but the church overall, the churches that I was attending, when I look back on it, it was just dry. And I had actually got to the point where I was losing interest because it was boring to me. And I just assumed that's all there was to it. And uh, it was just a deception because I didn't know, and apparently the leaders of the church didn't know, and if they did, they weren't telling anyone. And it got to the point where I was i was actually, uh, I'd, I'd kind of moved on. I was uh, very much into Major League Baseball and watching baseball games, and I mean like every game of the season, and they have 162 games in a season, so uh, that's a lot of time to spend glued to something that, and, you know, the overall scheme of things, who cares, right? I mean, what really matters? But back at that time, our pastor came before the congregation one Sunday morning, and he repented before everyone because he said, that God had showed him that he had been trying to control the services. And when he did that, it broke something in that place. And I believe what it broke was the barrier that was keeping the presence of God out. Because how can God control the service when the head of the church, the pastor, is controlling the service. I mean, it's one or the other. You can't have two heads in the meeting. And so he stepped aside and he invited God 
to come into that place and have it whatever he wanted you know to be and it didn't all happen at once but over the course of the next few weeks and months the presence of god moved into that place and the people began to receive from him and it included unusual manifestations of the Spirit of God. And this is no strange thing, or it should not be a strange thing to us, because the scriptures are filled with examples of how the presence of God is often manifested in ways that seem strange to us. For example, in Acts chapter 2, when the disciples were gathered in the upper room, and the Holy Spirit came up upon them, they began to see tongues of fire resting over their heads, and each of them, all of them, began speaking with other tongues. And if that wasn't strange enough, when the presence of the Holy Spirit showed up, he came like a mighty rushing wind. It made a sound like a mighty rushing wind that went through the place. And it wasn't just them that heard it. The people all over the streets of Jerusalem heard it. And the scriptures tell us that there were actually thousands of people came wanting to know, what is this strange thing? And it got stranger for them because when the disciples came and began to explain what was happening, they were acting like drunk people, the disciples were, so much so that the crowd began to look upon them and say, why have these men already gotten drunk? It's only still early in the day. I think it was the equivalent of about 9 a.m. in the morning. And so they wondered, this is awfully strange. And to make it even more bizarre, they heard them, each of them, speaking in their own language as some of the people in the crowd were from faraway places. And yet they knew these men to be uh, Israelites, Galileans, and they knew these things they were saying were not their native tongue. And so they were completely perplexed. And how strange is that? Not only are they acting like drunk people, but they're speaking in languages they don't know. And so the crowd was so perplexed, and Peter stood up and explained. He saw what was happening, and he felt he needed to explain to the crowd that these men are not drunk, as you suppose, but they have been filled with the Holy Spirit. They were experiencing a manifested presence of God. They were filled with God's Spirit so much that it manifested in our realm. And that's what I was trying to say before. It's not just something that happens by faith. It's not just something that we just blindly believe, but yet we never experience. They were actually experiencing it. And this agitated the crowd so much that they listened intently to
to what Peter was saying. And how amazing is that, that when the Holy Spirit showed up in the upper room, he not only filled the disciples there, but he gathered the crowd through the strange sound, and he intrigued the crowd so that they listened intently to Peter's message. And as a result, they heard the gospel message of salvation through Jesus Christ proclaimed to them. And the Bible says that 3,000 of them were saved that day. 3,000 people in ancient Israel, pretty significant. So there was amazingly good fruit produced, even though it seemed very strange to all of them. Now, even though all these things are recorded in the scriptures, we don't hear much about them. In fact, many Bible commentaries attempt to dismiss these things and explain them away. Because if those things are true and real, well, the next question becomes, Pastor, why are these things not happening in our church? Why are we not seeing these kinds of unusual manifestations? Now, in the churches that I was attending, we did believe in uh, the gift of tongues, speaking in other tongues, and I had even received that. I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, as it's described in the book of Acts, as well as other scriptures that I'm not going to go through that right now. But yet, there was something more that we were not experiencing, so much more. Not only not experiencing, we had no knowledge whatsoever, never knew it even existed or was possible. And so when I began to see the unusual manifestations happening to other people in our congregation, I was provoked to jealousy because there was nothing happening with me. And this went on for week after week. And eventually was really starting to bother me because it really made me wonder, is God rejecting me? Why is why are these other people experiencing an outpouring of the Holy Spirit right in my congregation, my church? And why is nothing happening to me? And I got more and more annoyed as the weeks went on. And when I say annoyed, what I mean is concerned. That, that was the bottom line. I was really concerned that somehow I had failed to qualify. Somehow God had weighed me in the scales and determined that I was not good enough. The other people met his qualifications, but I didn't for some unknown reason. And so that's why it was really troubling to me. And I remember they announced that they were going to have a whole week-long series of meetings and had a guest speaker coming, and it was you know, going to be along these same lines as they were going to be teaching and experiencing more of the presence of God that we were all just uh, seeing for the first time. And it just so happened that I had a business trip 
I had a business trip planned for that very week. And to me, that was confirmation that (laughs) it wasn't for me. It was for everyone else. And so I went on my trip and every night I would call my wife and, you know, she had been in the meetings and um, she would say, you know, oh my gosh, it was so awesome. I just wish you could be here. It's just the most amazing um, experiences and presence of God so strong and And of course, uh, you know, I was happy to hear that for her and for all of them. But for me, it made me all the more miserable, thinking for sure God had sent me across the country so that I wouldn't get to be a part of it. I know it sounds stupid, but that's what I was thinking at the time. But then one night, I called her, and she had... A different report to give me. She said when the meeting was over, she was walking out to her car and another lady that's an acquaintance of ours, not someone we knew very well, but this lady says to my wife, wasn't that, wasn't that an awesome meeting? And my wife says, Yes, but I just wish I just wished that um, my husband could have been here. Now, when my wife said that, she had no idea. She had no idea that God had been speaking to this woman about me. But when she, when she heard my wife say that, she was so convicted because, because God had been dealing with her to give me and, her, and my wife a prophetic word that was concerning me. But yet she hadn't done it because... This whole gift of uh, prophetic ministry was very new to her, and she didn't have much confidence to step out. And so she had kept it to herself. But when, but when she heard my wife say that, she could not contain it any longer. And she said that God has been speaking to me about your husband. And I saw him, I saw him, he was all bound up with rope, and I I saw the Lord Jesus come to him, and he took that rope and just, he just unraveled it, and I saw your husband was completely set free, and God wanted me to tell you that he's going to give you a brand new husband. And so when my wife heard that, it really encouraged her. And 
she had not told me this at the time, but she told me later that she was really struggling with our marriage. And that word gave her hope that God was going to bring some changes in me that would hopefully make our marriage better. But anyway, she tells me these things while we're on the phone and I'm in this little hotel room where I was just about convinced that God had passed me by. So when she told me that, it gave me hope. Like, really? And so I was very much encouraged and wasn't quite sure what to do with it because when I got home from my trip, I was gone the whole week. And when I got home, I was scheduled to leave on another trip that was two weeks long. So this was going to a different city, but it was basically three solid weeks. And so I was only home on Saturday night, and I was scheduled to leave Sunday morning. And, you know, seemed like the perfect uh, way to keep me out of all that God was doing. But that word that she gave provoked me so much, and it gave me hope, so I was encouraged. I wanted to go to those meetings so much that I delayed my departure on Sunday, and I said to my wife, why don't we go Sunday morning to the service, and it was going to be the last service that they had for this week-long series of uh, meetings, And the guest speaker was going to be there for this meeting as well. And our plan had been that she was going to go with me on this two-week trip. So we we just delayed our departure. We were driving uh, down to Miami, and we just loaded up the car and just went to the Sunday meeting with the car all loaded so we could just immediately hit the road afterwards. And so that's what we did. And... It's hard for me to describe the condition of my mind at that point because I had all these thoughts and had been thinking on this for weeks, you know, going back and forth between concern that somehow God had passed me by and then also having the hope that, you know, there was some kind of an encounter that could help me. But anyway, I listened that day as the man delivered one of the best messages I've ever heard. And after he was done, he turned to our pastor who was seated up on the platform and said, Pastor, come get your church. But our pastor was sitting slumped down in his seat And I didn't see what had happened to him, but I was told by other people afterwards that he had been standing in front of his seat during the worship, and the power of God just hit him. And he just sort of collapsed into his seat and was just slumped down there ever since. And so the presence of God was on him so heavy, he just just really wasn't able to minister. And 
That might sound strange to people, but it is in the scriptures, even in the Old Testament, when King Solomon completed construction of the temple and the Levitical priests, it says that they were unable to stand, they were unable to minister because the glory of God had so filled the temple. And so they experienced amazing things like that back in the days of the Old Testament. So surely us today living under a new and better covenant are not going to have less than they did. We're going to have far better. And so our pastor was just slumped down in his chair and all he could do was kind of lift one finger and point like indicating to Reverend Hap, you go ahead. And so Reverend Hap said, okay. Um, he then gave an altar call and said, you know, if you're here, you and your family, you want to have the blessings of God on your life today, come forward. And I was so eager that my wife and I went down. We were the first ones down, and we got the best spot because we were right in the middle, right in the front, and a lot of other people followed us to the altar. But, you know, I thought, if anybody's going to get anything from God here today, surely I can't miss it standing here. And by the time the front altar area had gotten completely filled with people, our pastor had managed to stand up, and he slowly walked straight to where I was. And I thought, hallelujah, this is, this is my chance. You know, I'm going to get a touch from God. And he walked straight to where I was and takes a 90-degree turn to my right and starts walking towards other people. And I'm thinking, I can't believe what I just saw happening. Like, here I am at the best spot. And here this man comes, he's obviously, you know, having an encounter with God and ready to impart whatever God has. And he walks right up to me and then turns and walks away to someone else. And I was, I was kind of blown away when he did that because I thought, it doesn't matter what I do. It doesn't matter. I get the best spot, front and center. It doesn't matter. God is definitely overlooking me for some reason, but he took about three steps away from me, and then he stopped, and he turned, and he looked right at me, and he said to me, God just spoke to me, and he told me to tell you, it's not too big for me, Jim, get ready, get ready. Because this day, I am anointing you as the head of your home. And when he said that, he stretched out his hand toward me. And I had already decided that I wasn't the least bit interested in any fake encounters whatsoever. And I had seen other people 
falling out under the power of God, but I was already decided I'm not falling. The only way I'm going down is if God puts me down. But when he stretched out his hand toward me, he never even got any further than that, and the power of God hit me so strong that I fell straight back and fell so fast back that both hands landed up above my head. So I'm laying on the ground, and immediately, as soon as I was on the ground, I began to cry. And I wasn't crying before then, but I began to cry loud. And I began to experience the presence of God like I had never, ever experienced it before. In fact, it was so strong, it was, I think still to this day, the strongest encounter with God that I've ever had. And I'm sure people would look at that or listen to me telling this and say, this is just a bunch of emotionalism, blah, blah, blah. I don't, you know, I don't, I, all I know is I was there and the power of God was there. And it was so real. And I could sense the love of God so strong. And it was impacting me in ways that I don't think I even understand to this day. And I really don't even understand why it was causing me to cry. But even laying there, I knew that there were lots of other people around and that they could see me and hear me crying. And I didn't care. I just was like lost in this encounter and nothing else mattered. And people would try to put a tissue in my hand to wipe my face, but I I just didn't care. Couldn't couldn't seem to get my hands to my face anyway. And it started to subside. And I'd probably been laying there about 45 minutes or so when it first started to subside. And then my pastor came and knelt down beside me. And he, he gave me a kiss on my forehead. And he said, I love you, Jim. And when he said that, it ministered to me the love of God speaking to me. And the intensity that had subsided, it got now it got even more intense. And so it went on for like another 45 minutes. And after all that time, the service was over. Almost everyone was gone home. My wife was patiently waiting, and I was finally able to stand up, but I felt so woozy. But the one thing that uh, really struck me was I felt clean. And that was unexpected because I had not realized that I was dirty. But yet when I got cleaned up, it was a striking contrast. I just felt like something that had been unclean was gone. And 
So I think that was part of the encounter, that whatever it was that was keeping me bound up, an unclean spirit that was ministering to me and keeping me uh, in my dry condition, my dead-end route that I was stuck in, that thing was gone. And so I felt clean and... And it just shows you how, you know, the influence of the spirit realm, how much influence it has on our life, even when we're completely unaware, because we're warned that Satan operates under cover of darkness. And I believe he starts working on us from very early in our life, so that these these demonic spirits that minister to us it just seems so familiar to us that it just it's all we've ever known we don't even we don't even realize we're under demonic influence but yet we are and there's only one way to come out from under it it's going to take a power greater than our strength to force those things to go and it's going to require the, the power of God. And so in an encounter with God, he's able to do things that get to the root of the problem, setting us completely free in ways that months or years of counseling, you know, with the best counselors could never do because it's a, it's a question of power and authority. And who has that power and authority to get the job done? And only God has that. Only God through Jesus Christ. There is no other way to be set free and to gain victory over satanic influences in our life. And so I was able to get up off the floor. I went to the restroom and tried to get my act together a little bit, you know, get cleaned up. And my wife and I headed out on our trip. I was not able to drive for several hours because I felt so woozy. And uh, it was my first real um, encounter with the presence of God. And it was the start of a series of encounters that would become part of my life from that point forward. And see, that's the thing, is if it wasn't real, you know, I'm talking about something that happened in 1993. It's been 26 years now and counting. But yet, my life is still totally transformed by what happened that day, and that was, like I said, that was just the start of it. There were other encounters that followed, and what happened was I began, it ignited something in me, whereas before I had been hindered from hungering and pursuing God and was being distracted into worthless waste of time, I began to be so hungry. It was like the Bible talks about, you know, fire, fire on the inside of us. It just burned in me, and I was just consumed 
with this hunger of wanting to know more, wanting more of that encounter. And I began to seek God earnestly, diligently, and it was my passion. It was my number one priority so that I would get up early before the sun came up, long before the sun came up, and spend time with him. I would go out in my backyard because our house was so small and we had young children that it was the only way I could get alone. So I went out in my backyard and there were some days when it was pouring down rain and I thought, oh, that's even better because I can take my umbrella and I can stand out there under the umbrella and the sound of the rain will give me more privacy. And for sure, none of the neighbors will hear me. And so I was just like, <laughs> totally, this is, didn't, I just didn't care. I was going for God. I didn't care. And, and when the, the weekend was even better, it was Saturday morning. I remember one Saturday thinking, oh, hallelujah, I'm getting out here long before sunrise. And I'm not stopping. I'm just going for God. If I go for God all day, I don't care. And I remember because I just, I was just uh, seeking God and praying in my prayer language. And that was my attitude. It was seriously, I was, <laughs> I was going for it. I, I was, if it took all day, I didn't care. I just wanted more of God. And I remember it was after maybe two or three hours of that. It was shortly before, I mean, shortly after sunrise. I I don't know what happened in the unseen realm, but in my realm, it was like something from above just poured out on me. And <laughs> it was it was awesome. It was just another awesome encounter. And I knew I had to make my way back to my back porch before I fell down because I was my my fleshly body was so uh feeling so weak by whatever was poured out on me and I literally stumbled back to my back porch and fell down on the on the laid down on the ground there and when I did I could feel the power of God just going all through me it was like electricity going all through my my hands and every just like holy cow what in the world but it was just as simple as what the Lord showed me later it's like you know we're dealing with an unseen realm and so it's like if you take if you take a rock and you drop it into a well a dark deep well where you cannot see the bottom and so you drop a rock into this well and you just let it go and you just quietly listen eventually it hits bottom it makes some kind of sound, and that sound travels all the way back, and it comes into your hearing. And so then you say, ah, 
There's, there it is, something down. I can kind of perceive what's down there. There's something down there. I heard a splash or whatever it was. And that's kind of how it is in the realm of the spirit. It's like, in our heart, we reach out, we cry out. And when we do, something from the other side comes back to us. And then we get a little piece of evidence, a little piece of an experience. And we can say, ah, yes, thank you, God. I see that you are truly hearing me. And now I, I perceive in this realm that your presence is manifesting in a way that I can tangibly encounter you and experience you. Hallelujah. <laughs> now, I get so sad and annoyed when I hear so many Christians spreading this stuff about the fake revival, the kundalini spirit, which is just another way of saying they have no idea what they're talking about, but they're trying to dismiss genuine encounters with God as being something fake. And I'm here to tell you that is a lie. And whenever you hear, it's all over YouTube, but whenever you hear people saying that, go back to the book of Acts. If you don't believe my testimony, read the book of Acts. Read the experiences uh, encountered by the first century believers. And then you can add my testimony as just another confirmation that it's now been 26 years after those encounters, after those initial encounters, my life, I never went back. I never did go back to uh, watching baseball games on TV like I was before, and I had even been collecting baseball cards. I threw them all away. I didn't want anything to do with that old life. I knew it was dry and lifeless. I have found the real power, the real life. And that's all. I made it my sole purpose from that day on. I am going to take care of this most valuable thing that I've found. And I'll go where he tells me. <laughs> and I'll do my best to do whatever he tells me to do because there's nothing else like this. And I'm not going to get into it right now, but it was just about two years after that that God did ask me to step out in a whole new direction, and I did. And all these years have passed, and even to this day, I make it my number one priority every single day. I have an encounter with God, and the whole reason why I'm sharing my testimony today is because I want everyone to know every 
believer, every follower of Jesus Christ needs to know that God has this for you too. Don't make the mistake that I was making that somehow, you know, conclude that it's for someone else but not for me. That's a lie. I'm telling you, it's for you, it's for today, it's for now, and not only that, but I don't know how anybody is going to survive without it. We must have our encounters with God every day. And so when I see, you know, these people attacking moves of God because they're different, because the manifestations go beyond our understanding, they call it fate, kundalini, whatever, And as I mentioned before, I had been a Christian already for 11 years at the time that I first had this encounter. 11 years, never heard that it even was possible. Even though I had attended good churches, I think maybe today this message has gotten more traction than it had back then. But still, I think there are so many Christians that need to hear this. There are so many churches that are not teaching this. And to me, it's the number one thing that we need to know. We need to know intimately. We need to understand what God has for us and begin to enter into it, take possession of it, never be denied one single day. I I honestly don't know how I could live my life without it. And so this is why I've made it my goal to share what God has done in my life, and I'm telling you, this topic goes on and on and on. (laughs) It's like, oh my gosh, I mean, what I'm telling you today is just barely the beginning. There is no end. When you begin to encounter the presence of God, He's a big God, and there's lots more to say about that. So I just I just want to encourage you to know that God has all these things so much more. Don't be don't settle for anything less than everything he wants you to have. So thanks for joining me today and I hope to be back again soon with another program. Until then, so long. <laughs>